7.09 on the morning news. And every month we join the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science to discuss all the great con- uh, conservation work our zoo is involved with around the globe, in fact. This week he teased us with this nugget. Conservation refugees, their lifeboats, and an approaching hurricane. Okay, we are going to get those all joined together and the dots connected. We're joined now by the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science, Dr. Axel Morenschlager. Good morning, Dr. Morenschlager. Yes, good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good, good. You know, it's it's interesting because I, I do love how you, you, you put a few words together for us, and we, we try to tie them together, which you do so skillfully well in about six minutes. So do you want to start with conservation refugees? Yeah, exactly. So basically, um, in collaboration with the Zoological Society of London and collaborators in Belgium and the U.S. and from Guam, we've written a publication called Extinct in the Wild Species' Last Stand. And it's in a leading scientific journal that's, in fact, called Science. And it's something that's really uh, dear to my heart. It's about species that I see as the ultimate conservation refugees. They're species that can no longer live in the wild, Mm -hmm. but they still do exist under human care in zoos um, or in aquariums or botanical gardens. And they need science to solve the problems that are out there so that we can take courageous action to bring them back. And I'd just love to give you a couple of examples of me kind of encountering these kinds of refugees. Okay. Yeah, so one of them was... In 2016, in Hawaii, I had the opportunity to learn from an indigenous tribe about work they were doing to help restore uh, endangered plants. And for them, it wasn't just about plants. It was actually meaningful because they associated different plants with different gods. So restoring the plants would mean restoring these uh, sacred connections too. Mm-hmm. So one of these leaders, uh, one of their leaders toured me around their greenhouse, and um, and he was searching around for some of their most endangered plants, and he came back and he put a small pot into my right hand uh, containing one of the smallest ferns that I'd ever seen. And then he said, you know, there's 14 little stems in the wild, and the rest of the world population was right there in my hand. Wow. And it just blew my mind, and and it really raised my interest in terms of how many species might be this close to extinction. And this this February, actually, I was in uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, at the Royal Botanical Gardens, and I saw a Franklinia tree, which is a tree with beautiful white flowers that used to be in Georgia in the United States, but it's also gone now uh, in the wild. So again, we need to figure out what the things are in the wild that needs to be solved to put them back, right? But it, it isn't just about plants, it's about animals too, a lot of animals actually. Um, so a couple more was, one of them is on a blue-tailed skink. So in 2018, I helped organize an international conservation conference in Chicago, uh, where I also help provide training for governments and academics and conservation groups in conservation translocations. And, and there we actually launched a, a task force to help extinct the wild species. Part of that had to do with an endangered reptile, this one, the blue-tailed skink, not to be confused with a skunk, all right? <laughs> it's, it's actually a small sort of gecko-looking reptile with a bright blue, beautiful shimmering tail. And it lives on just one island off of Australia called Christmas Island. But an accidentally introduced species, the wolf snake, has wiped them out in a while. And it's currently impossible to get rid of these snakes. But Taronga Zoo in Australia still has these skinks, right? So basically, again, one's trying to figure out, you know, how to solve these problems uh, to be able to put the skinks back. Now, a last one is one I've talked to you about before, which is the Guam kingfisher, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's it's this beautiful um, bird native to Guam with a copper-colored chest and purple wings. It's, uh, it's also a profound spiritual value to the indigenous Chamorro people there. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it again, a, a snake is a bad guy, and this invasive snake called the brown tree snake was introduced. And now the bird has been extinct in the wild for over 30 years. So again, here there are only about 140 of them left, all in American zoos. And they're hard and expensive to keep, and their numbers may be declining, but it's, it's really critical that, that we, um, you know, that they're taken care of because we're working with the U.S. government agencies right now to enable their release back into the wild of the next year. So th- those are just some examples for you. Um, but now I come back to the lifeboat. Yeah, what, yeah, the lifeboat is to link this together. Exactly. So in, in a way, you see that these zoos and botanical gardens are the ultimate lifeboats, right? And, and it's never as clear as in cases like this. Basically, if those lifeboats aren't there, then those species will not be there. And, and these organizations are currently carrying 77 species that are extinct in the wild and 54 others that may no longer have any living relatives in the wild. And uh, and if these lifeboats go down, these organizations will be the species that need them. It's just crystal clear, right? Mm-hmm. But they're facing a hurricane now uh, in terms of COVID-19. And, and it's sort of indirect. Uh, but what it is is that as many of these organizations are, are shut or running uh, way below cap- capacity around the world, and such as even we are at the Calgary Zoo, has dramatic impact on the finances for these programs. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, and it, it really scares me because um, because in some cases, some of these species are really, you know, hard to take care of and, um, or very expensive to take care of. So I'm really worried that, um, you know, bad impacts on the finances are going to ultimately perhaps cause the extinction of these species. So part of what we wanted to do in this publication is to raise the flag on this and to say, look, these organizations need help because otherwise these species, more clear than any other species, uh, are, are going to be in trouble. But we still have the ability to help the organizations and the species, and we just need to be serious about it. Um, what, what can we do? Is this uh, the kind of thing that you can, A, donate, and B, if we're going to the Calgary Zoo? I know I know that the doors are open. It, it might be a different experience, but is that the kind of thing we can do? Yeah, that's that's so crucial, you know, really crucial for us. And um, just to, to help, obviously, to engage with us, to learn about um, the species and ecosystems around the world that need our help. But, but really, it just but just by coming, it helps to support our organization. Because one of the things that's really fundamental is we have a global leadership role, actually, in terms of returning these kinds of species back to the wild. We work with organizations all over the world in terms of providing advice and, and, and such. So we really, uh, you know, appreciate everybody's support support of the Calgary Zoo, support of our wildlife conservation programs to make it possible uh, to provide the amazing experiences that we give here, but actually to make possible the incredible effects that we have around the world to help species that are precious and that need our help, especially now more than ever. And like you say, it's not too late, but action has to be taken. That's it. Exactly. We can do it all together. We can do it all together. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, nice catching up with you, Dr. Morenschlager. Thank you so much, Andy. Have a good week. That is Dr. Axel Morenschlager, the Calgary Zoo's Director of Conservation and Science. We call him the Nature Doctor on the morning news. Time now for helicopter traffic for West District by Truman, Calgary's newest and best master plan community. We just made it up to the northeast, Rundle Horn Drive.
Drive at 52nd Street. Looks like the collision cleared just as we arrived on scene. Over in the southwest, there is still an ongoing sinkhole. A westbound Southland Drive is shut down between Elbow Drive and 14th Street. Your best alternate route to avoid that is probably to take Anderson Road or Heritage Drive. Over on Glenmore Trail, uh, seeing a little bit of east and westbound volume still over at 24th Street Southeast. Uh, eastbound drivers especially are facing some glare from the sun. And taking a look at Deerfoot Southbound, seeing about a 20-minute drive from Airdrie down to Memorial. Already earning PC optimal points on groceries and health and beauty? Well, you can earn even faster when you fuel up at SO and mobile stations. Visit pcoptimum.ca for details. From the 770 CHQR Traffic Helicopter, I'm Phil Jensen.